Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm catching up with Dave Court, who's an Adelaide-based multidisciplinary artist uh, specialising in painting, photography, design, art direction, and immersive installations. How's it going, Dave? G'day, Tom. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, been a while. Been a while since I've done a podcast, so um, yeah. it's good to blow the cobwebs off. Yeah, we've been missing you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, what have you been doing? What's been happening? Oh, mate, it's been a uh, been a crazy uh, crazy year, I guess. There's all um, I got locked out of locked out of Melbourne. Went up for a three week holiday up to Byron Bay and got locked out for six months. So I left my microphone at home. So that held up a few <laughs> things, and uh, and yeah, just been really busy with art projects and lots of. I don't know, lots of uh, new business ventures and lots of creative things happening. Busy with art, which is the way to be busy in my mm. world anyway. And are you still in Byron now? No, I'm, I'm back in Melbourne. I'm are going back? back up there next week. I'm be- between the two. I've got a house in each place and uh, yeah, it's an expensive time for me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm trying to consolidate, <laughs> trying to pick, pick a location and, and call it home. But, um, but I don't know where, even at the moment, I don't know where that's going to be. So uh, I'm in transition, but um, but yeah, but it's good to be back uh, with the podcast, uh, doing interviews, and no, catching up with artists. I love love speaking with artists. So um, yeah, I've been uh, been wanting to get you on here for a while. You've been on my list uh, ever since I met you through uh, uh, through Matthew Fortros, and um, you actually sat in on his interview at the studio a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, oh, so, so long ago. Yeah, it was. It was. So um, so I guess we'll uh start from the start. Um, so where are you from, and how'd you get into art? So I'm from yeah, from Adelaide. Kind of born and raised and grew up up here. And yeah, how did I get into art? I feel like I've always been into making things, kind of like forever. And then in terms of getting into it seriously, it was, so I studied um, painting at UniSA here, did that straight out of high school and kind of figured I should do something. And if I had to do something, it may as well be something that I enjoyed and I'd give it a, give it a crack. So I, yeah, finished high school, went into uni, studied painting and then have been kind of making different stuff ever since. Yeah. Cool. And, um, so with like, you know, you studied visual arts. So that, like, was that more um, focused on design or, or painting like, or art? Like what, what sort of course is that? Yeah. So it's, I think it's changed to be called fine arts now, I think, or something, but it's, it was very, it's very like visual arts, art, voc- art focused, um, very conceptual more than technical. Like they have a, at the uni here, they have a visual arts, fine arts course and a design course, like visual communication. That's a separate thing. Um, and there's a couple of different art schools that do it differently as well as that. Like there's some that do more technical, like this is how you paint technically. But the course that I did, it was very, very conceptually based. So it was a bit of um, kind of art history and then more about being able to talk about your artwork or work through ideas and all of this kind of thing more so than technical skill teaching and learning. Mm. So was that, that, that was a degree as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bachelor's yeah. degree. And then I did an honors in painting. Yeah. Cause I did, I did a TAFE course and then um, a 
the end of a last year of a degree in um like but in design but i found that uh with the tafe it was really hands-on like this is how you this is how you mm. do your job and then in the degree it was more like now this is how you explain what you've done yeah yeah it's interesting yeah i feel like I've, kind of, I've at the time or kind of fresh out of uni i was like man i wish i'd learned a lot more technical stuff or like i feel feel like it would, it would have benefited from learning more application of things but all of that is kind of self-taught anyway or like the way that i've got around it is by self-teaching everything that i've kind of learned and then i feel like now it's becoming more and more useful to have that vocabulary and be able to talk coherently about the work that i'm making and communicate that to people mm. so i think yeah both definitely have their place yeah i agree um so like I've, I've noticed that you've got a very distinct style these days like when you were um coming out of uni did you uh did you fa- find that you'd landed on your style yet or um no way like very exploration <laughs> exploratory yeah, no, nah, not at all. I feel like it's taken for ages. And I feel like I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of know what you mean. Like a lot of people say that I have distinctive like color palette or um, yeah, style or whatever. But I feel like I'm constantly, I'm still finding that and still figuring out what that is. And I don't know. I think if I was to define it, I would say that my style is like kind of defined by the experimentation and I feel like I'm always trying to do something new and different and push to make something, yeah, something that I haven't done before. So I'm not sure how that, I guess, over time that has coalesced into a certain style. But yeah, it definitely took me a long time to figure out and I feel like definitely made a lot of bad art <laughs> in the past. Yeah. But that's, that's all part of the process. So like, you know, even yeah, exactly. looking into the greats, like, you know, a lot of them were on their death, deathbed fi- feeling that they hadn't really landed on their style yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Matisse's cutouts just because he, you know, he found them at the end of his life and he, he only had 10 years with them and he, he was really prolific with them, but they were so different to anything that he was doing before that or anyone else was doing, really. And I really love that. Oh, yeah. That you, can, uh, you know, you can go, you can be a famous artist throughout a lot of your life and it's only like like after that that you really find that find your style or something that Mm. you can truly own yeah i really like that and i like the idea of like a style or um creativity coming out of limitation like it was yeah if you're doing paper cutouts because you're physically unable to do anything else then you're gonna go go hard on the paper cutouts and make it make it your own Yeah. The, the good, the beauty of it though is you could see that there was decades of um, craftsmanship of uh, mm. you know, thinking, like everything he's learnt, he'd he'd put into them as well, uh, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been speaking with um, people lately about uh, you know a lot of conversation around um, putting decades of craft into, in well decades of of work into your craft, and that really showing through in your work. And um, I just feel as artists, you 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 keep finding different uh yeah i guess different markers of that and uh it can be very easy to settle on a mark uh, on, on one style and go i finally made it this is who i am and this is what i do but i feel it's really important to keep keep pushing that as well yeah yeah absolutely i think that yeah experimentation is very key and super important and yeah i definitely don't want to get 
stuck doing something i feel like that would be the worst worst outcome is to get yeah the point of doing this thing is to have the freedom to do what you want and i feel like the the last thing that you would want is to be end up being stuck for you know financial reasons or people feel like you're being pressured to create a certain thing over and over or yeah i feel like that would be the worst outcome totally. well, not the worst outcome but not the ideal outcome <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, the money, the money uh, conversation and art um, can really get people stuck as well. Like, especially mm. if you're onto something that is making money and uh, and you really feel like you want to be doing something different, um, it can be a difficult thing to transition. But I think just mm. do it all because I, you know, I found like with like painting the painting the heads I paint. Like a lot of people thought that that's all I did, but in, you know, on the side I was doing painting whatever I want. But um, that's all people knew, noticed. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I felt anyway. So um, I see you're uh, in a pretty big studio there. Um, like, wh- like, where's your studio, and do you, do you share it with other artists? Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, super happy with the studio space that we've got here. It's a warehouse in Kent Town, um, just kind of like on the fringe here. Yeah, and I share it with. Um, Joel Vans, who's not here at the moment, and Harry and the bait fridge. So there's kind of like four or five of us here at any one time, but it's yeah, nice and big and like amazing. Yeah, that's able to spread out. We've got a big, like pretty open um shared workspace area that I've got like six paintings laid out on tables at the moment that I've been working on for the past few weeks. Um, and it's good to be able to have that to move around and be flexible everything's on wheels and can yeah work on all different types of projects of different sizes so yeah super lucky yeah is that your whole area that you're in at the moment yeah well i've got this is kind of the office office area we've got office and like little work meeting table and little lounge area and then over the side i'll spin the camera around for you oh, got like workstation out here oh, wow. So like, yeah, photo roll backdrop, got the basketball ring, um, painting area, and then just like, yeah, three big tables for working on stuff. Cool. Lucky you. That's a great space. Yeah, very happy. But we'll, yeah, the building's for sale, so we'll see how long we end up being able to stay. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that you've, um, you've been learning a lot from being around other artists? Yeah, t- totally. And it's, yeah, I think that is definitely a key thing to be yeah it's been great to be around different people and just yeah different styles and yeah just having people around to like bounce ideas off of and and chat about whatever it is is yeah such a great thing to have yeah cool so like preparing for this interview i was looking through uh a lot of the art you've done and you seem to be like a uh a swiss army knife of (laughs) <laughs> of an artist you know you've got all these different skills and um you worked on like a variety of different projects in different roles um like how have you picked up all your different skills over the years um i think it's everything would be different i guess but it's yeah i guess just by doing stuff um yeah i guess it's yeah it, like all different skills from different areas and like just taking on lots of different projects of different types and working with people who have those skills that I'm able to learn from or kind of like asking people 
yeah, to teach me like, how do I do this? Can you help me do this? Do you want to make this thing with me? And learning all this stuff and being able to, yeah, apply that. And it's kind of got to the point where I can have so much that I can, I feel like I can offer to people, whether it's like, yeah, public artworks or sculpture or mural or events or whatever that, yeah, it's been nice to be able to reach that level where I can comfortably and confidently take on a project and kind of execute it, whether it's stuff that I have myself or getting people who are much better at these things to help me out with making stuff. Mm. So what sort of projects have you worked on? Um, All sorts. So maybe I'll run through like from the very start, like I had a clothing brand where I taught myself screen printing and then like a clothing retail store where it was myself and uh, a bunch of other like independent clothing labels from around Australia. And that was kind of crash course in like running a business, I guess, and like working with people and coordinating people. And that was at a, like an art space, um, like exhibition space as part of the store as well. So that became um, like a platform for showing other artists work and a bit of like curation work in there. And then since then I've yeah, been done a lot of graphic design, like taught myself Adobe, Adobe stuff from when I was very young, but did, yeah, got into graphic design pretty hard then ran a like magazine for a little while. So that was lots of like layout design stuff and then did gig photography, like live music photography and commercial photography. And then when we closed down the retail store, I was, um, got into some of the first big gigs were like event stage design um, jobs. So it was like creating a, a party stage for a festival hub. And that was parts of sculpture and collaboration and working within this huge system to deliver a, a product. And it was, yeah, painting and sculpture and projection mapping and all sorts of stuff. And then like working with music festivals and it's, yeah, it's kind of ended up being a, a, a combo of painting and sculpture and now like more tech and digital stuff. But yeah, loving the the ability of being able to combine all of these different different areas into a big art mash. That's awesome. Because I find that if you've um if you've got a wide um variety of, of skills and inspirations, you become a very unique artist in that way, you know. Um, so you, like you've, you've also painted like a lot of, um, large scale murals, like, uh, was that an easy, uh, path for you to get into? Yeah, I guess that was the first thing that I really wanted to do. Like I've was always loved, um, yeah, like street art and graffiti and, um, yeah, I guess when you say thinking, uh, going back about the, like, how did I get into art? It was like juxtapose and like high fructose and being really into that American West coast, like lowbrow slash street art slash mural painting kind of scene. So that was kind of always what I thought I wanted to do from like being like a teenager. Um, so it was, yeah, something that I always wanted to do was paint walls and then just kind of taking every opportunity that I had. I started painting my, like the back wall at my mum's rental house when and like proposed to the, the the landlord can i paint this back wall and had a little like portfolio presentation and she was like i don't care do whatever you want basically so i kind of yeah started painting that and then um yeah just kind of like going for any opportunity that i could get 
and doing anything that was available. But I guess the the first big ones were, um, the first big one was a collaboration with the photographer Che Chorley on a building that actually got knocked down um, last week, which is a bit sad. So it was this, um, it was like a holiday accommodation apartment building down by the coast at Glenelg here. And they approached him and he's a, yeah, amazing ocean photographer and had all his, uh, yeah, really like awesome style of ocean photography. And they were like, we really like your photography. Could we get a work placed on our wall basically? And he was like, I'm not a painter, but yes, we can figure it out. And I was working in the studio, a couple, like a shared studio, a couple down from him. And he came to me and said, um, I've had this opportunity come up. Do you reckon you could do this? And I'd never painted a building of that, painting a wall of that size, never worked on a scissor lift, um, nothing like that. And I was like, I think I could figure out how to do that and just kind of like said yes and went with it. And yeah, and then it ended up being kind of two weeks painting up on this wall, um, get my scissor lift license and spend 10 hours a day up on this lift. And yeah, that was kind of start of, 2018 I reckon and yeah kind of like gone from there and it's like I feel like it's the kind of thing like once you've got one under your belt and you've proven that you can do that kind of thing then that opens the gates for um, lots of other opportunities but it's always the hardest thing is the first one Um, but yeah I guess that was how the the start kind of happened. That mural is really impressive as well like it was um you know, it was one of those images we could really feel the weight of the water and um, the flow of it. It was like mid-flow. You know, it wasn't just like a painting of a wave or something. It was a painting of a body of water, which is um, really well done. Yeah, such an amazing photograph to work from. And it was, yeah. So I think that is a key as well in terms of like getting started and getting up to that kind of level is like collaboration has always been key to me. Like if I had been given that opportunity at that time, to paint whatever I wanted. I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good as that, but having Shay on board and that kind of backing made the final, final artwork so much better. But being that you're painting uh, a photo, um, like how did you go about getting, uh, getting it all up on the wall? And, and because photos got so many sh- different shades in there and everything, like what was your uh, technique to do that? So for that one, it was, we projected, um, projected up what it was going to be and I I marked out on top of the painting beforehand basically divided it into like I think six or seven different shades for the ocean and then a few different yeah a few different um, colors for the sky and broke the image up like that beforehand and then in the lead up even before that there was a huge process of color matching the paints and getting custom mixed paints um, to perfectly match the tone because yeah Shay being a photographic artist it was very much about he goes through is such a rigorous process of printing a photo, like a digital photo printing and getting all the colors right. So he was really on top of working with a master printer to get the colors right on a printout and then taking that printout to the paint mixes and matching it like that. So it was a little bit of like paint by numbers, but then also a bit of figuring out the style of how to scale that up and stylizing it in a certain way so that it was possible to be painted within the time frame, but still have that effect so it kind of ended up being a bit of like a lot of like actually hard edge painting if you look at it like it's 
got the tones, but it's I've broken, I ended up breaking the image into, um, yeah, pretty hard edge areas, and it got yeah really complex hard edge abstract shapes that kind of came together to give the effect of the photo. Yeah, so almost like posterizing it. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much posterized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm sure over the last year or so, uh, all of you are familiar with NFTs, and uh, it's been the talk of the town in uh, amongst the art circles and tech circles and even investment circles. Uh, yeah, the new technology has really blown up. Uh, there's lots of awesome opportunities happening out there for artists and it's a really interesting space. This week's episode is brought to you by Neo Primo. Neo Primo is a new NFT platform uh, for people out there who are into art just like you and me. Unlike many of the NFT platforms out there, Neo Primo is artist-run, carbon-neutral, and fully curated, and it's also on the Ethereum blockchain. Featuring premium NFTs by some of your favorite artists, many have been previous guests on Bench Talk. Artists such as Adnate, Jonathan Wolf, Finster, Dave Court, Mark Chu, and even myself. So go to neoprimo.com to see the amazing NFTs these artists have created. That's N-E-O-P-R-E-E-M-O.com, and check it out. And with like, so with the mural experience, then you start working on these, um, you know, like stages, the set design, things like that. Like it sort of led you into like uh, fully immersive projects. Um, and is that how you've uh, started uh, approaching your art now with that um, immersiveness, uh, you know, sense in mind? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it has become more and more apparent to me that um, it's about, creating an experience for the viewer and the person and like that and that brings with it a, a, like you need to bring a holistic approach to whatever it is that you're making beyond just like what is it a picture of or what's what's the picture about it becomes about what is the experience of the person and how they're going to see this and how they're going to interact with this piece and what what's that going to be like for a person what do I want to make yeah and i think yeah it's been more and more about trying to figure out different ways of bring that extra level and extra elements of experience and sensory creation to the work yeah i found that it's been a um a re- like through speaking to a lot of artists on this podcast it seems to come up time and time again that it's a um a really good way to stand out and get noticed especially early in your career if um like to do a fully immersive project it's um you know people notice it a lot more than just some paintings hung on the wall um you know i know that uh you know dabs myler did that in uh in la when they first arrived they were trying to get uh you know get noticed and they put on an exhibition and the, the paintings were great but they knew that they needed more than just the paintings to to stand out and they painted the whole place and uh eventually got noticed through doing that um so uh You've been, um, I noticed like through looking through your work that you also did the branding for the 2020 Adelaide Fringe Festival. Like, uh, how'd you, how'd you land that gig? That was a pretty good one to get. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, super stoked to have that happen. Um, that was, they do that as a competition every year. So it's open for anyone to enter and submit, um, submit an artwork and it might be chosen as the poster artwork for the fringe for that year so it was yeah kind of like open access competition and that's what the fringe is all about so that was 
yeah, basically just entered the competition and was very lucky to be selected. And it was very lucky that it was the last pre-COVID fringe. So it was like kind of, yeah, went big and fun and kind of a last last hurrah party for everyone it ended up being. Um, but yeah, that was super sick. That was, yeah, it was crazy to have have the artwork printed on like billboards and the sides of buses and trams and stuff around the city. And then as a part of it, I worked with a 3D animator at the time to make a huge like projected installation on the side of a car park in the CBD where it was like all these the diamonds falling and floating and bouncing around and um, that kind of thing. So that was something new that I was able to do through that opportunity as well. Cool. That's a, a great way to sort of um, you know, get out there and um, sort of like an anchor when talking to people about your work if they say oh no i'm not familiar with your work and then you say oh did, did the uh you know the adelaide fringe or something they go oh you're that guy okay like it's really good to have such a um, public project like that like i know i've um i've got certain like murals i i reference when people don't know me i say oh, i painted the, this mural here and they go oh yeah i go past that all the time you know yeah yeah all, yeah always totally handy always handy. yeah so um You've been uh, uh, merging your installations with like digital artwork these days. Um, like, had had that all come about? Was that just you know you'd learnt the digital side of things and you already had the installations going and you thought you'd combine the two? Yeah. So I think that the, like the early installation work, I did a lot of work with another um, artist maker from Adelaide, David Mush, who he started from a more technical background and has come into the festival and events so when we would do these early like um festival venue designs he would be doing all the the projection and lighting and the mapping and that kind of thing and that was like yeah been a good amazing experience to work with him and kind of see the possibilities of that um and then it kind of ended up being when yeah when lockdown came around and we were trapped at home with not much to do and wasn't able to go to the studio or I was just in my little two bedroom apartment with a computer to sit at, ended up looking at lots of different ways to make a computer. Um, I think it was first lockdown. I taught myself touch designer is the program that I use for a lot of this stuff. And that's, um, yeah, really good and like crazy. Yeah. Swiss army knife, powerful tool that can do like live, live generative, live reactive um, stuff that does all the projection mapping. And that was kind of like opened a million doors of what's possible to do with a computer and then ways of merging that with physical, physical art making was the kind of next step after that. And then luckily in Adelaide, we didn't have too many lockdowns. But yeah, and then the next lockdown after that, I kind of started teaching myself Blender, the like 3D modeling, 3D modeling and animation software. Um, so that was, yeah, both of these sessions were kind of like a, a week or a few days just locking in at the computer and going, all right, this is this is a big wall to get over, but I'm just going to kind of commit and lock in and teach myself and churn through these tutorials and try my best to get my head around these things and see what, see what can happen. And it's, yeah, turned out, turned out pretty good. I reckon. Yeah, I totally agree. The results are amazing. Is um, you know, coming from uh, my technical abilities, I, I, I see, see what you're doing and just think, how, how the hell do you do that? Like, 
um, it's just outside of my realm of thinking. But, uh, but you know, you did the work. You are uh, you learnt the programs, and here you are. I think it's really, uh, it really suits your style, and um, you're really killing it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's been fun. So yeah, I just really enjoy the process of like learning new tools and just figuring out figuring out possibilities. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of this, a lot of the stuff I'm doing in these areas is very, is still very like preliminary to people who are pros at it or like I'll yeah ask someone for help and they're like oh it's, it's it's just this this and this it's like oh but yeah it's nice to be able to mess around with and like maybe use these tools in ways that they weren't intended to or that people who are actually actually experts in it might not use them and just kind of yeah figure out stuff yeah exactly because I think you know you bring your own uh your own knowledge and your own style to something. And you know, it's like a paintbrush. Anyone can learn how to use a paintbrush, but it's like, yeah, like what, what are you going to make it do? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, um, you've also been, uh, creating NFTs as well. I see like, um, you had the your big installation, uh, project, uh, that you, you created NFTs off as well. And, um, do you want to tell me a bit about that? Yeah, that was a, yeah, just kind of like another, another, weird new medium to play around with and kind of see what see what happens and see what's possible with um but yeah i kind of started that for my the big project of mine from last year was my solo exhibition house party which i had at um praxis art space and floating goose galleries here and that was kind of all of my like lockdown work and all of this time that i had thanks to having heaps of jobs cancelled and a bit of job keeper money to live off of. So I just was able to lock in and make all of this work and kind of work through ideas that I'd been thinking about for so long, but didn't have the opportunity to. So it was a, yeah, it was working through making paintings and sculptures and all this digital artwork. And then the opportunity came up around that time as well to um, do something that I'd wanted to do for a long time, which was to paint a whole house Um so the timing kind of lined up that it was a, a family friend of mine was demolishing um, their place up in the Adelaide Hills. And I just, yeah, got in at the right time and kind of asked like, could it, do you reckon I could, do you reckon I could paint that before it goes? And he was like, yeah, sure. And it ended up being a, yeah, a whole month of me painting this house all over inside out. And then, um, yeah, using like the video documentation of that process and then photo documentation of the finished painted painted thing and then it got knocked down and um went and videoed bits and pieces of that and took some parts of the house and then built a like digital 3d recreation of the house all painted um using blender and then using that as a um yeah location to make digital artworks so was making these laser cut paintings that were kind of connected to some of the painting that I was doing on the house and used these, yeah, used these paintings as the basis to create digital sculptures wrapped up with the textures of the paintings and place them inside the digital version of the house and ended up being these, yeah, kind of like looping video animations of moving abstract sculptures inside this weird recreation of a, like, ghost house that doesn't really exist anymore and at yeah around that time um was actually listening to a podcast while i was painting the house 
kind of hearing about nfts and what what yeah what it is and what it means and what they can do and thought yeah may as well give that a crack and see what see what this is and just kind of learn about learn about it by experimenting with that and just doing it which i feel is the best way that i learn about stuff um yeah so i ended up making a whole body of paintings and then had accompanying digital artworks minted as nfts to go along with them as a part of this exhibition and then each of the paintings as well had a uh, scannable nfc near field communication token that you could scan and it will take you to the like like a url that hosts the digital artwork um as well so i kind of like the the concept of bouncing back and forth between these digital and physical realms and the idea of yeah what is what is what's real and what's digital and kind of the idea of things being neither and both at the same time and living in a kind of in between state of both in everything that we do but yeah long answer to the question but that was <laughs> that was kind of the first foray into nft land yeah no it's great that's great i saw you've done done a new uh new drop with uh neo primo um, yep. and that's also accompanying, uh, physical artworks. You're, uh, um, you really like to, uh, you know, merge the two, which is, uh, which is great to see. Um, like, is it, is it easy to, to track, uh, the physical artwork and keep it accompanied with the NFT? Um, I don't know. I think so for my exhibition last year, I ended up selling them separately. So, and yeah, it was just kind of experimental. So I did with the NFTs. Some of them were like unique, one of ones. Some of them were cheaper, like what bigger editions. So I didn't really bother making them like literally connected. I kind of was thinking about it more in a like a conceptual connection rather than like if you own this, you have to own this kind of way. Um, but then with this new collection we're doing um doing it in a way where if you buy the nft and you own it when i whenever i finish the paintings that i'm working on then you will get sent it out and then you will you will have it and then it's kind of up to you i guess and then that yeah similar to like a few other people have done similar similar ideas with nft things about like um which one has more value to you or do you want to keep the physical or do you want to keep the digital version um but yeah i'm kind of interested to see how other people take it or if there is if that is something that happens there if anyone buys them if anyone resells them if that's something that is of interest to people or if people see that see them as connected or see it important that they stay together and connected or if they maybe they resell them separately if that is something that people want to do or maybe there are artworks that aren't there for resale they're just to own and look at and enjoy so yeah just kind of yeah interested to to see what happens really yeah it is a bit like that at the moment and it's like watch this space because you know it like for people like us who come from fine art background but also working in um the nft world it's uh it's interesting to know if people are wanting to collect our nfts to get uh, the artwork or they just want to buy the artwork and the nft something that comes with it it's um you know, it's a bit of a grey area at the moment um, because it's also new. Uh, that I, I know, I see there's a really big future for um, 
for people minting uh, NFTs to accompany artworks. I think it's just going to be industry standard for most galleries down the track, just for, um, you know, for provenance, really. If for people who value their art and they want to, they see it's going to be collected into the future. And uh, I don't know, I think it's really exciting uh, to sort of see it all unfold. It's still very early at the stage. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it makes it so, yeah, still early and still weird and kind of, yeah, interesting to observe what's happening and where it's going to go. And I think it does make sense. And there's a lot of correlation to, yeah, a certain level of fine art world collector and artist where it, yeah, totally does make sense for provenance and, yeah, ownership of purely digital artworks. But it's, yeah, just interesting, interesting area. Yeah. It's exciting to see how it all gonna unfold. Mm. But um yeah, but I'm glad to be across it though, because uh I don't know. I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um so Dave, you are uh, you ready for some uh, rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All righty. Um name one artist who you think deserves more shine. Um I think can I say the Bait Fridge is a a collective of a whole heap of artists that I work with um, and share the studio with. And there's, yeah, they're all amazing individual artists that have their own like super strong personal practices um, and kind of come together under the banner of the bait fridge to do collective artworks and performances and theater, music, costume, painting, sculpture, everything. And that's, yeah, super exciting. Cool. Um, What medium would you love to work with? Um, I'm kind of starting to work in like starting to uh, dip my toe into like game making stuff. So working with other people who are game developers, um, to make art experiences, whether it's like a yeah unity or unreal kind of realm. But I feel like there's a lot of potential there for like interactive and yeah, immer- like VR immersive experiences. Um, but it's, yeah, so, like a very, seems like a very technical and for now at least like difficult buggy thing to try and get a handle on. Hmm. Um, who are some of your favorite artists? Um, I think the bait fridge. Yeah, <laughs> the bait all, fridge yeah. are my favorite artists. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, I think just, just keep, keep going. Just keep, just do it. And I think that's advice to everyone as well. It's just, just to do the thing. Totally, totally agree. Um, do you keep regular work hours? Yeah, it depends, depends project to project. But at the moment, I'm kind of pretty much nine to five in the studio, which has been good, good to have a routine. Yeah, I think it's vital. I think you get mm. a lot more productive that way. Um, do you have a dream project? dream project um i think just bigger and like yeah more and bigger like public art projects i think music festival music festival slash art installation thing is kind of what i would really like to work towards i think that kind of mass mass audience mass engagement and to to audiences that might not necessarily or like naturally interact with art or fine art world, I think is interesting to me. Mm. And, um, and where are you wanting to take your art career? 
um just the yeah keep going keep going is the plan it would be nice to get to work more kind of interstate and internationally i think is the next step um but yeah really enjoying what i'm doing and keeping keeping the blend of like public art and studio practice and collaborating with lots of different people yeah cool and do you have any uh future plans or projects in the pipeline uh i feel like a million i feel like i've had a pretty chill last couple of weeks and then everything's coming back and it's going to be a crunch for the next couple months now um but the big big one for this year is a solo show i'm having at backwards in melbourne um opening at the end of september so yeah very excited for that cool look forward to that one um where's the best place for people to see your work online um website is davecourt.art or just instagram dave.court yeah cool all right dave well thanks for uh taking the time to sit down and have a chat it's been um really good to find out more about your art really really big fan of what you do no worries. Good to chat. Thanks very much for having me on.